Colin Bogart, Education Director of the LACBC. Hey, Colin. Hello. How are you doing? I am great. And we're at my uh, backyard. It's it's wonderful back here. It's really nice. I like the space and the shade. Thanks. Yeah, we, this is the first time I've done a bike talk, I think, here, like an official one. Yeah, it's the outdoor edition. It's summer. It's yeah, summer. the summer outdoor edition. Cool. You're here to talk to us today about LACBC. Yes. Yes, I am. Um Appreciate you uh, being willing to sit down and talk to me about this. I was interested in just coming and, I guess, do a little clearing of the air as far as what's going on at LACBC right now. My biggest concern is that it may or may not be my last opportunity to do that. I don't know yet. Not to sound too dire. The truth of the matter is, is if you get our newsletter in recent weeks, you know, we've talked about how due to some financial constraints, we've had to downsize our organization. We laid off a number of people and a number of other people left. And um, we just came through two of our biggest annual fundraisers, the LA River Ride and Climate Ride. And even though we certainly raised money in those situations, we're still looking to meet our expenses and stay open. And it's not 100% clear we're going to make that. I don't know yet. It's kind of a weekly situation, really. Uh, so I felt like it was a good opportunity to come in and just talk to you a little bit about it, just to kind of help let people know as much as I can what's going on. You might not exist at all, LACBC? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. We're in a situation right now where we have to raise, I forget how much it is now. The amount's getting smaller because our, our new executive director, Eli Kaufman, and also um, we have a number of, there was sort of a, a shift in the board of directors in terms of who's in charge of the board of directors. And also they've brought in a couple of new board members just recently, and they're very actively fundraising. Right now, we're just basically trying to meet a certain goal that will ensure that we could stay open through through the end of July. And that's literally where we're at right now. I mean, we had a we had a meeting just the other day with our executive director and he said, "Okay, well, we have to raise x amount so that we can stay open through the end of July. And then after that, we have to figure out how to raise more money, basically." So, how did we get here? It's, a, it's an interesting story. It's a combination of things. As some people might be familiar, we've had some turnover uh in our leadership in terms of executive directors. Tamika left a while back, and then um, uh, Eric Jansen was ultimately uh, promoted to executive director, and then he left just a little more than a year ago. Uh, his wife, who's a, a university professor, got offered a job in Australia, so they moved. Uh, we had an interim ED uh, for another seven or eight months, and then Eli uh, is our new executive director that they found as a result of doing a search, and he officially started the beginning of this year. And essentially what happened was he sat down and looked at our books, um, which is not something I normally even get a chance to do, really, um, and sat us all down on staff and said, we are in financial trouble. Um, it was a combination of a, you know, a budget going back over a year that was not accurate, um, some bookkeeping errors, um, and, uh, you know, Basically, to a certain degree, also, you know, I'd say the the board maybe wasn't looking at it closely enough. The interim executive director probably wasn't familiar enough with our uh, programming and our budget to really be able to identify what what might be wrong with it. All I know is that basically, you know, 
in February, I think it was February, basically sat us down and for the first time we were all on staff told that we were in serious trouble and that we were going to have to make some dramatic changes. And then shortly thereafter, um, two of our staff got laid off. Um, one person on our staff had gotten a scholarship, actually. she's got a, She got a scholarship at USC to go full-time to school and was going to resign anyway, so the timing was just oddly fortuitous in that case. A little while later, two more of our staff members left for various reasons. And uh, so we're down to four people. Uh, there's four of us on staff, and we're basically just trying to keep uh, the organization going and ultimately looking to rebuild over time. Uh, we just kind of have to get past this difficult spot. Um, and yeah, up until just recently, our focus was primarily on River Ride and Climate Ride to try to see how much money we could raise through those two events. And we did pretty well, but not necessarily as well as we'd hoped. And um, yeah, so now it's like a, a fundraising uh, situation largely and we're we're really looking to our board especially uh, but we're also cutting costs dramatically I mean like I said we downsized in terms of our staff also our office space is smaller than it was before we got rid of a bunch of offices because we didn't really need them and but that's not that's not the biggest part of the budget really so uh, that's kind of where we're at what's the biggest part of the budget the biggest part of budget is definitely paying for staff because we were a staff we were full-time staff at nine before and now we're down to four. So these people who left, I mean, they would have been let go anyway. Um, well, it's interesting. I mean, you know, that was a situation actually where Eli was, you know, very honest with everybody. And it, you could, you know, it was pretty clear that he was going to have to lay some people off. And um, so, yeah, that was, that's what happened. I mean, basically... Um, Two of our planning and policy staff members got laid off. And like I said, uh, Jesse, who was our organizing director, from what I can tell, was, was going to resign simply because she got this scholarship and was not going to be able to continue working full-time anyway. So it was odd timing, but I'm actually really happy for her because she's going to go to USC and get a planning degree. Good for her. It's great. Jesse Harris? Yep. Yeah, it was one of those... I'd say it's a combination of too much transition over the course of time and, you know, a new executive director coming in and taking a really hard look at the books and realizing that the situation was not good. Um, strangely enough, similar thing happened actually years ago when Jen Klausner became executive director of LACBC. I don't know how many people know this, but the organization was actually on the brink of collapse back then. She was able to keep things going partly by working for six months without even paying herself as executive director and probably not a lot of people even know that so in a weird way we've been here before to a certain degree situation's a little different this time but so that's where we're at lacbc is has come a long way right i mean didn't it start out as a it didn't start out as having a full-time staff did it no 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 i mean at the very beginning it was like any other brand new nonprofit. um ron milam who was co-founder was the first what you could call full-time staff member as executive director it really wasn't until a couple years later uh, under Kesley Lund, who was our ED for a while, she was able to hire someone that was Monica Howe. This is going back. And then um, it was really during Jen Klausner's time as executive director that um, 
the organization grew in terms of staff and became much larger. So, uh, you know, LACBC being a staff of eight, nine people has really been just kind of like the last, actually, last 10 years, now that I think about it. <laughs> I mean, my, my involvement with the organization, I've been on staff for 10 years, but prior to that, I was a volunteer for the organization and even served on the board for a while for like nine years. So my connection to this organization goes back 19 years. So it kind of starts to blur after a while. So you were there from the beginning or no? No, I wasn't here at the, I wasn't there at the very, very beginning. Um, but I came in pretty early on. I started volunteering for the organization probably in 2000 and it was founded in 1998. Pretty close. Just after the beginning. Shortly after the beginning, yeah. <laughs> People will have their theories about why this is happening but are you saying that maybe the board wasn't paying attention, but also this interim person, Jensen? Well, I think it was a combination of those things. I mean, it was the turnover that happened. And yeah, I mean, my understanding is that some of the things that were in the budget that was proposed over a year ago were inaccurate. There were things that were put into the budget, as I understand it, that never really should have been in the budget in the first place. Like we had basically co-written a grant for LAUSD for a contract project and when we wrote it we wrote it with the understanding that if it happened we would be the administrator of the project and so we knew what the budget was for that and so that was put into the budget as oh we're going to have this money coming in and that was a mistake uh, because it, it hasn't even come close to working out that way I mean not only did the whole thing get delayed for a really long time and it's just now about to happen coming up this fall but our role in it actually is going to be a lot smaller than we ever anticipated it would be. That's one example of a situation where that was in the budget and it really shouldn't have been because it wasn't a done deal yet, if that makes any sense. But you had a staff that was already there before that money was put in the budget, right? I mean, it, well, you didn't hire staff based on that money. No, no. But if you, if you, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a professional bookkeeper, so I can't really explain exactly how it works, but we didn't hire people knew because of that um, necessarily. We were actually planning to hire somebody to, to be a, a full-time manager for it, um, which is not going to happen. But yeah, it's just one of those things where it was included in the budget. It was sort of being counted, I guess, as, as money that we had in the bank when we really didn't. That's a big deal, though, the, uh, administering the LUSD program. There's been bikes in 30 schools. It is a big deal. And it's just one piece, really. I mean, it's hard for me to tell you that it's any one small thing it's actually a combination of all those things if that makes any sense all i can tell you now is that we're just looking to keep the lights on as it were and um i'm optimistic i'm i'm, I'm hopeful and i'm optimistic i think if there's anybody who's in a good position to see this through our new executive director eli is like i said i've been with the organization for a long time now and um i've already seen him do some pretty unusual things to keep the organization going that give me enough confidence to stick with it instead of abandoning ship and just going off and trying to find another job right now if that means anything you know the fact that he's willing to stick this out and he's been very transparent with the staff in terms of where exactly we're at and also frankly in this in this situation like the fact that I'm here even talking to you now it was sort of one of those things where Eli was like Now's the time to get out there and talk to people that you know and let them know we're, you know, this situation is serious and 
he's doing everything he can. I know I'm doing what I can to keep the organization going. I mean, I'm still managing our main, the main contract we have right now that's active currently is um, one that we have with Metro where we offer the Metro Best Classes free to the public. That's a project that I manage and that, that does bring in some money for us. We also have a contract with LADOT, which is designed to train PE teachers to teach bike safety and PE classes at middle schools. Uh, we've done a little bit of that work, but not a lot. And um, we're hoping to you know hit the ground running this coming fall semester on that project. And then there's also a a similar but separate program that's being managed directly through LAUSD that we're also going to be engaged with as well, and that should bring in some money in the fall. But we've got to get through the summer, right? Um, so um, that's my that's my position right now. <laughs> that's kind of my role is to just keep those Metro Best classes going and um, do what I can to help raise money. So are you guys uh, activist-y enough? That's, an, that's a good question. Do you think we're activist-y enough? Um, you know, honestly, I am maybe not, I'm, I'm not following things as much as I should be, but that to me is, has been the, the, the word sometimes, is that like you guys are too, you know, too close to like LADOT or Metro or just the city and uh, you know you the people that that you're hiring to lead you are these um, you know professional types who may not actually be bike advocates or have you know much, uh, has shown in much of an affinity for bikes in the past you know but but because of other skills and other uh, qualities they you know they're leading the organization and i don't know if any of that matters no i think uh it's an interesting no i mean i've heard i mean i think bike i think bike advocacy in general not just in la but in a lot of different places has definitely become a lot more professional overall um i think that's just a trend that's happened and it isn't unique to la necessarily um, it sounds to me like maybe what you're what you're asking is like you know, are we engaging the grassroots enough? And I'd say probably not, um, not for a lack of trying. Um, and I don't want to speak ill of of former coworkers and and you know folks that I work with. Um, definitely, the last couple of years, there's been a lot of. Um, changes with the organization um, and sort of trying to shift our focus uh, and I think what we're going to be seeing we're going to be I mean I, I anticipate that we're going to be doing things differently going forward um, and we're kind of we're actually it's funny we just had a discussion about that today before I came to see you is is we were starting to talk about like well what are what are some campaigns and projects that we want to start focusing our energy on? Um, you know, knowing that we're a staff of four right now and how are we going to, what can we accomplish and how can we accomplish it? Um, and so I think, I think, uh, whereas maybe five years ago, 
we were definitely focused on very specific campaigns for very specific corridors in in the city um and then we we definitely got very focused on measure m in 2016 and then since then we you know admittedly haven't had as many really specific projects that we're advocating for maybe with the exception of uh we definitely put uh, some time into advocating for bike lanes and skid row. Um, so how, how was that? How'd that come? Um, you know, my understanding is that, is that it's going to be done and that it, there's going to be some, fu there's funding for it and that they're going to, they're going to be implementing that in the next year or two. I honestly, I couldn't tell you exactly what the status is of it. Um, honestly, I wasn't actually working directly on that campaign myself. Um, that was Jesse's, right? Yeah, that was largely Jesse and Lindsay um, who were working on that. Um, so as far as, you know, focusing on very specific campaigns, um, yeah, I think you're going to be, I'm anticipating we're going to be figuring out a number of those to, to focus on in the future. Um, I don't necessarily want to say exactly what yet, because I think we're still figuring out what is within our capacity as a staff of four. Um, I know that some of the things that I'm still very passionate about um, that I want to personally would like to see move forward, uh, it covers a variety of things. I mean, I, I want to see diversion programming for all of LA County so that if you get a ticket as a bicyclist you can go to like traffic school for bicyclists um, there's pockets of that happening right now active SGV set one up in El Monte with a, with a judge out there um, and then um, some of our friends in the South Bay have a similar program set up in Torrance with one of the courts there um, it's a tricky one, but it's something I'd really like to see happen on a county level, uh, which is a pretty, pretty big lift, I think, but I think it's important. Um, bicycle friendly driver program, which we haven't even, I've never even really discussed publicly with anybody. Uh, but it's something that was developed a couple of years ago in Fort Collins and, the League of American Bicyclists has formalized it now. Um, love to see something like that rolled out here in LA County. Um, Operation Firefly is still very near and dear to my heart, of course. And that's a that's a program in the winter months where we go out and give out lights and information to cyclists who don't have lights. Um, that's something that I you know will always feel very strongly about keeping going. Um, so those are, those are a couple of things. And then there's other things too, like one of the big ones is, uh, the fact that, you know, from the very beginning when, you know, from the early days when we first launched the LA river ride as a fundraising event at the same time, it was also an opportunity to talk about the LA river and the whole process of revitalizing it, making it a linear park and connecting the gap through downtown. Now that's becoming a reality because because of Measure M and the funding that's behind that. And so that's obviously, I think, something that we're very 
interested in supporting more and going into the future uh, because that has the potential to become essentially like a bike freeway you know that runs down the spine of LA and then you can connect all kinds of other things to that um, so that's another project that is very interesting um, that I feel pretty strongly about uh, or what else there's there's so many other things I mean well, we need a, a way for people on bikes to feel safe um, everywhere they're going within a reasonable distance. I mean, they need to be able to, there needs to be a network of bike paths that are real bike paths, you know, not just suggestions. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But basically a complete network, a complete connected network. And, you know, I think it's pretty clear for most of us now that protected bike lanes are really what's important. Um, you know, so that's obviously on our radar, too, and something to really take a hard look at and figure out where can that be done and making it, try to help make it happen. And, po like, polit are city council members afraid of you like they should be if, if, they, if they don't do the right thing? That's an interesting question, the way you put that. Um, Is that was that not the right no, way of putting it's okay. it? It's okay. No. Um, should they be afraid of us? I'm not sure. I mean, you know, that's that's another thing that obviously I know we've been criticized about is um, our approaches to be collaborative, um, and that may change. I I don't know. I mean, you know, to be to have to have a politician be afraid of you means that you have to have a large number of people behind you um, you know like San Francisco Bike Coalition as a for example you know they have what something like I think they're hovering somewhere between 10 and 12,000 members um, in a city of 750,000 I think is the population there um, so I think somebody once told me that like 1 in 60 people in San Francisco is a, is a member of of San Francisco Bike Coalition. Um, they're also a 501c4 organization, which basically means they can endorse candidates or not endorse candidates. And that also makes a difference because we're, we're a 501c3, so we're not even allowed to come close to endorsing candidates. Um, so that's, that's probably a part of it too. And, and, you know, there's discussions about I don't know if we're going to do that, but there's discussions about maybe becoming a 501c4. Why wouldn't you? There, my understanding is that it's not as simple as just flicking a switch for one, and for the other, if you become a 501c4, there's like, there's a whole level of record keeping that's very different than if you're a 501c3. And I honestly don't know a lot about it, uh, frankly. Um, other than to know that if you are a 501c4, then you can choose to endorse candidates um, or say this candidate sucks or whatever. Um, and uh, maybe you wouldn't be qualified for a certain money. Possibly, yeah. Um, in, the end, in the end, that's not really going to be my decision. It's um, something like that it would be the decision of the board, really. Ultimately, it would be the board of directors who would decide if we're going to go that direction or not. Uh, but, um, maybe, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you, things are kind of in flux right now and can go in any number of directions. 
How would you get more people uh, as members? It's a good question. Um, I don't have an easy answer for that, to be honest with you. Um, I've been, like I said, I've been involved with this organization for a long time, and anytime you start talking about becoming a member, usually people want to know, well, what do I get? Um, and if you don't necessarily have anything to offer them aside from that good feeling of supporting bike advocacy, it's a little more difficult. Um, so that's a good question. Discounts at bike shops? Yeah, uh, we've done that to a certain degree. Um, it's not always as easy as it sounds because a lot of bike shops are operating on a, on a, on a thin profit margin already. So when you go in there and ask them, hey, will you give our members discounts? They're kind of like, well, I'd like to. Um, some of them are totally willing to do it, and that's great, but not all of them. And some of them are like, oh, I'm having a hard time keeping my door open because I'm competing with the Internet. So it's not always so easy to just walk in and say, hey, you're going to give discounts to all our members, right? Um, some are totally behind you and are like, yeah, great, let's do that. And some are kind of like, eh, I don't know if I can really afford to do that. But if you then put out a map of places where you get a discount, then people would be more likely to go to their stores perhaps i mean we've put that out we've done that in the past and yeah there's a whole nother there's a lot of levels to that but um yeah i mean it's a list you have to maintain um and you put it out for people but there's also a lot of people who are just like well i can get i can get stuff cheap for, on the internet why do i need to go to my local bike shop so then i got to convince them to shop at their local bike shop even though that's what i believe in personally you know um, and I do support my local bike shop, um, but not everybody does. So, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure that's the, it's certainly a part of the equation. I'm not trying to discount it totally, but it's not, it's also not a magic bullet, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I think the thing about magic bullets is that they, there aren't magic bullets, right? <laughs> no, not necessarily. Um, Yeah. There, there aren't really magic bullets. I don't think, anyway. So, but if you were to make the pitch to people for supporting LACBC, are you making that pitch, or are you? What are you asking or telling? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, in a way, yeah. Implicitly, I'm saying, hey, if 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 you've never supported the organization before, and you're in a position to do so now, please do. Um, I know I, for one, am not done. Um, there's still a lot of things that I'd like to do, like a few of those things that I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done. And, you know, the organization's been around for 20 years now. Um, and, it, you know, obviously I have a little bit of self-interest in keeping it going because it's my job. Um, but it would be pretty sad if, if the organization did go away. Um, and I think we have an opportunity to, to still make a big difference. And again, I think that the changes I'm seeing internally right now in terms of Eli as our new executive director and, um, and what I'm seeing in terms of the board of directors and they're recruiting new members and they're, they're really becoming a lot more, um, fired up I guess is the best way to put it um, I think there's real potential and real hope there too and um, 
yeah, so I guess to a certain degree I am here saying, hey, we could use some help. Or at the very least, hey, give us a little time. We're working on rebuilding, um, and we're looking to come back better than ever. Sounds great. Can, can we do a roundtable with, you know, maybe people from the community and people from LACBC and just maybe like a check-in and open it up a little bit, do you think? Yeah, you want to do that as like a, a follow-up show or something like that? It'd be nice. Okay. Sure, we could do that. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> and hopefully helpful. I'm also just, you know, I guess I'm also here just because I want to try to help. I'm hoping anyway that I'm hoping to clarify what's going on. Because um, I'm sure folks are wondering. Um, and I don't know that I necessarily get um, information... I don't necessarily get the perspective that's coming that's on the outside of the organization. Maybe people don't want to hurt my feelings. I'm not really sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're open to having discussions. We want to try to be as open and transparent as we can. Um, and I don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time blaming anybody or pointing fingers. We're, 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 here, we're here where we're at. You know, it is what it is, and we've got to move forward. Um, and like I said, I am I am encouraged that there's been some reorganizing in terms of the leadership on the board, and we have this new executive director, which I'm thoroughly impressed with. Um, and I've, you know, I've been with the organization long enough that I've I've seen very closely what the last four. So, uh, and I'm really impressed with Eli. He's he's a, he's he's the real deal, and I think he really does care about the organization, and he cares about um, bicycling in L.A. He's got a he's got a son who he takes biking all the time, and he wants things to be better for his son. Um, so I think he I think he's involved for all the right reasons, um, and he really cares. Um, so I guess I would say, give the guy a chance. <laughs> How do people get in touch with you with comments or questions? Uh, they, if they want to email me directly, they can. Uh, my email is my first name, Colin, C-O-L-I-N, at la-bike.org. And I'm going to see you more because we're going to. you're working on bike clubs in schools, and I have a bike club in my school, right? We're yeah. teach. Well, basically I'm working on, um, as I mentioned, we have a contract with LADOT that involves training PE teachers to teach bike safety as part of PE class at middle schools at LAUSD. And then there's also um, a, a very similar program that's being uh, run from within LAUSD. Same basic thing, they're gonna be teaching, training PE teachers to teach bike safety as part of PE class. And then our role is gonna be come in and do encouragement activities, which involves trying to help those schools that are part of the program to uh, set up ideally a bike club on campus and then um, train them on how to teach them basically how to run a bike club and how to um, organize rides and then you know the idea is the idea is really to set these schools up so they can be self-sufficient and so that ultimately what happens is there's a PE teacher or a couple of PE teachers at a middle school. They're teaching bike safety. The school has a fleet of bikes. The one that ate, the one that LAUSD is going to be running, they're going to, each school is going to get a fleet of bikes. 
that they're going to keep. So each school is going to have PE teachers who are going to teach bike safety as part of PE class. And then ideally, the, each school is going to have a bike club and the kids are going to organize it themselves and they're going to run it and they're going to organize their own rides. Um, and it just ideally is self-perpetuating. So at a certain point, they don't even need me to be involved. Um, you know, if they want advice or information or suggestions, happy to do that. But what I really want to see is I want to see these schools have these programs going and they're self-sufficient and they just keep going on their own without us. Because what I, what, I, what I don't really want to do is I don't want to be, I don't want to set up a model where we have to keep going back over and over again and running a program from the outside that doesn't really make sense what makes more sense is to set up the schools so that they can run these things internally on their own um, that to me is success to me success will be in that case we don't need you guys we got this covered now <laughs> All right, and I just want to say that like the, the dogs barking the weed whacking the music the baby all that's real I didn't I'm not adding that's not like special effects we are uh, a grassroots organization here at Bike Talk. <laughs> this is not a Foley studio. This is your backyard. It's the real deal. It's the real deal. Exactly. Well, I will see you uh, back on campus at my school. Oh, and we're going to do another show with, with... Can we get Eli in? I can ask him, sure. And whoever else. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thank you, Colin. And keep up the good work. And we will... Uh, I'm going to sign up, right? Can you sign me up to be a member? Okay. We can do that. Maybe we could put the link with the show. Sure. la-bike.org. And then there's a button at the, I think it's at the top right. All right. Thanks. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk with you about this. I hope it was helpful. Yeah. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. 